I am no fool. I know that my search will end in failure, and yet I possess a stubbornness that cares not, for I accept that I will never meet Elizabeth again. Her friends are my friends no longer, and social media has provided me with another electronic barrier of silence on the subject. With every passing month, her rude invasions into my dream are more vivid. Her role in my thoughts is more fantastic, and my development as an adult halted because of her absence. I assume that the one introduction of weed into my evening relaxation habits introduced as a way of coping with the sheer heartbreak I was still suffering from had increased the intensity of her image into my life, but even after giving it up, she remained. Word not for a work colleague brushing her hair one dreamy lunchtime, I would have been resigned to my succubus forevermore. However, as I gazed across the office at Michelle's long blonde hair, dancing around her waist with every bite of the comb, I thought of those Sunday mornings in bed watching Elizabeth prepare for work, the bare bulb light saturating her hair as she straightened it with her battered brown her battered brown brush. I snapped back to the present and realized that I could substitute my long-lost love with a smell. A mimic that could be my Elizabeth. Even a small percentage of Elizabeth could be enough. The challenge was to find the obligator that was Elizabeth enough to fool my obsessive heart. The next day, I approached the woman who had inspired me to ask for a date. Sadly, I was rejected hard. Michelle was married. I spent the next few days apologizing whenever we passed in the office, and thankfully, she took it in good spirits. Her role in my story was concluded. Other than that, the occasional hair dance and that sated my hunger for a few minutes. I was not one to seek romantic partners. It wasn't that. I was lacking an appealing appearance. I just found it difficult to initiate a conversation from a cold start. Ironically, my love for my ex-girlfriend was a catalyst for my romantic life. My first venture was online dating, since I assumed that the passive list of people's pictures would make for a good, rapid, and easy success. And unfortunately, satanic pictures lacked the tiny nuances that I needed. For Elizabeth, it was an experience. Well, a look. Regardless, I began to contact those who had a long, blonde hair and green eyes with the hope that they may possess other Elizabethan traits. My first potential candidate was a petite, bordering on frail girl called Cammy, who lacked Elizabeth's height but otherwise was a good general match. We met in a restaurant and talked about the bland, vapid subjects accepted between two people that knew little of each other. It was when the date was concluded that I realized I had a, I had hit a pay dirt. Cammy put on a pair of very large, dark glasses as we went to leave, and suddenly I was looking at the face of Elizabeth, her chin, mouth, and cheek were exactly match. 
and I stumbled out a request for another date. Thankfully, she agreed. The next date took place at a local pub of mine, with the expectation of that we would go back to my flat afterwards. We have flirted over the text through night, throughout the week, and I was certain she was as keen on me as I was on her. I took her to the bed that night and suggested we wear a blindfold to replicate the image of Elizabeth from before, but my eagerness to have intercourse diminished as I climbed between her legs and stared into her face. Elizabeth was not there, not anymore. I made a half-hearted attempt to please both of us, but I could tell that we shared a disappointment afterwards. I didn't hear from her again. My next Elizabeth project was a friend of mine called Sarah. I used the term clone as her physical attributes were perfectly Elizabethan, and I almost hugged my friend when she when he sent me a picture of her. We arranged to go on a cinema viewing followed by late night drinks. A strange date, but one that she had suggested, so I felt obliged to comply. We met outside the complex and exchanged brief words before sitting next to each other in the complete silence for two hours. After the conclusion of the By the Numbers film, we sat in the nearby bar and then talked about absolutely nothing until last orders, then got into separate taxis and headed home. In bed, I smiled at the luxuriousness of the date and lamented the waste of potentially perfect Elizabeth mimic. That was until my phone beeped with a message from Sarah thanking me for the night with a request for another date. During the second date, I realized that Sarah was a perfect physical representation of Elizabeth, almost as if someone had recreated her from the same blueprint. However, the creation process had omitted a personality, for she was a burfant of any kind of original thought. She had no opinion, no likes or dislikes, no hobbies passions or skills. At first I thought this to be a huge disadvantage, but then corrected myself. I was on a quest for an Elizabeth substitute, and here was an Elizabeth body with a blank mind. I sustained from conversation with a herculean effort, helped along by wine and beer, then asked if she I asked her if she wanted to be in a relationship with me. She agreed without hesitation. I wondered whether she would say no to anything. I started I started her transition into Elizabeth, buying her gifts that Elizabeth would have appreciated and introducing her to the same interest that Elizabeth had. She accepted all of this without question. But without opinion either, uh, I bought her honor books with which she read but didn't give any judgment on. I introduced her to the same computer games that Elizabeth played. 
she participated in automaton, completed neither well or poor, and had no passion for winning or losing. The intimacy was surprisingly energetic, but again was methodical, uh, as if going through an instruction manual of positions and duration. I woke up one morning and watched my new Elizabeth brush her hair in the morning, light of her bedroom. The blonde danced, the comb stretched, the clips held, what suddenly... I was upheld by the skinwalker that I had slipped into Elizabeth's sized hole to ever remind me that she was not her. At that moment, she turned to me and smiled with a horrific long blank face, the familiarity close enough to chill me to the nerve. I cried out and hid under the sheets until she left for work. I hurried out of her house and never spoke to her again. Post Sarah was my lowest moment in my life. I had tried recruiting an Elizabeth substitute and had tried to recreate an Elizabeth mimic, but neither had succeeded. The honest truth, the reality that I had tried throwing people in front of was that the only Elizabeth that could satisfy my hunger was Elizabeth. This new realization gave me a care-not attitude, and I decided to indulge in a significant amount of MDMA. I needed to escape from my own self, if only for a few hours. I didn't know what to expect or how much to take, so I took all three of the pills, sat on my sofa and closed my eyes to await the effects. There was a growing euphoria that I began to enjoy, which disappeared quite suddenly, like a beautiful song that had been cut short. I received an ephemity several months several moments later after and searched through Elizabeth's old letters until I found her parents' phone number, which I didn't think I had. Against my better judgment, I caught the number, aware that I was probably under the influence of drugs still, and was suddenly talking to Elizabeth's father. I had the vaguest recollection of attending his funeral some time ago, and yet, he was on the other end of the telephone, the same warm and witty man that I remembered with the same fondness. Time must have muddled my memory. I left a message and a contact number with a breezy message in the hope that Elizabeth would not be disturbed by my sudden reappearance. I didn't have long to wait and was contacted via text moments later. I retained my breezy demeanor and arranged a friendly catch-up at the bar in an hour. It was fortunate that the exchange was via text. I didn't think my voice would have held out if I had just been talking to her. I arrived early to secure a good seat near the entrance. My mind conquered, my mind conquered up the next few hours and what will come of it. 
Did she hold dear the same memories as I did? Did she hold, uh, did she too look at the same pictures and disappear into remembrance? Listen to the same songs and music and revisit the same places? And then she was there, the same old face, long hair, green eyes and slender gait that suggested casual to my eye she had not aged one day since we split up her eyes met mine and my stomach spasmed i went to an automatic response greeted her exchanged default pleasantries and that we looked well and that we looked well that it had been too long I took the opportunity to buy her a drink to gather my thoughts my Elizabeth was here, the person who was the focus of both my waking my waking and unconscious thoughts. I ordered a gin, uh, a tonic, still her favorite drink, and it would seem, and stole a quick glance behind me. She was poised on her chair looking back at me, seemingly unfazed by our meetup. What did I expect her to be like? A quivering print mess of uh, emotions or complete indifference to the situation? I took her drink to the table and sat opposite, studying the details of her to add to my fox, Elizabeth, of my mind. She was exactly the same as I remember her, uh, always with small earrings that glistened as brightly as her eyes. A thin gold necklace because her because thicker necklaces looked godly against her long neck. An eternity ring that I had bought her as a gift for engagement. I reeled from I reeled from the recognition and grabbed her hand. It wasn't without a doubt the eternity ring I had given her dull, cheap silver with curled etchings running along its length. The panic wasn't because she was still wearing it after 20 years, but because it had hope, but because it had looked up in a box of remembrance, ever ready to bring out to reflect upon. I stared at her because she put a finger on my lips and would not let me speak. I tried again but my confusion escalated. But her finger was firm and strong. The pub dissolved around us, and I was suddenly in her arms, her face filling my vision as she kissed me tenderly. I thought to fight this new, false pretender, but her embrace was everything I had yarned for. I relented and sank into her, Rested my head against her chest, listened to her slowing heartbeat, her heart in my, in my ear. At that moment, I understood that she had returned to comfort me as I died. The remains of her love, my final protector against the terror of my overdose. For the brief of, for the briefest of moments, before eternity swept me away. I was content that she was mine again.
Okay, this will conclude the story for today. I appreciate you guys for listening. And that was really sad. That was a really sad story. If you guys actually understand it, now I did stumble across some words because they had some pretty big words and I didn't even read it before starting this before um narrating so i hope you guys really liked it let me know if you have any suggestions and once again i appreciate you guys for listening like i said in my last video um this week we recently well today i recently hit 300 listeners on my podcast which is really insane to me and i really really appreciate that and with the support i get from the from these you know videos i might be able to get a better quality mic and yeah stuff like that and you and within the video you guys might notice you know my voice you know falls out and flat lines within some words is because i need to train my voice to read more plus i think i need to drink more water plus my nose is a little stuffed up so yeah, but that was a side note. I appreciate you guys for listening to me. Um, don't forget to sit back, relax, and listen. And also, make sure you guys return to my next video.